like accents. But heading justice, then you come to the right place. Hooray, look at us. Why are you pointing at me? Oh, you don't know how to finger guns? You don't know how to wink? I can only wink on one side. Oh, yeah? Yeah, look. This? <laughs> it looks like you're it's like my whole face. <laughs> I can't wink on the right side, but on the left side, yeah. it's easy. Like, no, but I cannot do the. Uh, uh. Yeah, okay. I don't even know why you're winking at me. Because I was celebrating the fact that I said my two lines. All right. What are you talking about this week, though? Ow! Oh, I named my case Trapped. Nice. One word. It's classy. My case is actually called a bloody routine. Mm-hmm. It's like a pain situation. It has nothing to do with your period at all. It's it's like a vampire situation. No vampires at all. Uh, it's it's like a Halloween situation. It's like a murder situation. Okay, <laughs> okay we're back <laughs> because <laughs> the last two weeks, I have to admit, it's been light over here. Like I'm not saying there hasn't been murders. You covered that horrible case with April Tinsley, yeah. and then I had that case where the policeman raped his girlfriend and then set her up on that wild. And when he set her up um, to go to jail for robbery, the policeman in the States. Susanna, this is two episodes <laughs> ago. <laughs> the New York police guy who told the immigrant that he will get a special visa. You know what? This is the episode where we were dog tired. It was like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I sure know. And the I... policeman who raped his girlfriend, he wasn't really a policeman. He was really an informant. And it's like you're hearing this for the first fucking time. Yes. And as I said, fucking. We have no word today, but we are considering nog for the season. So we haven't had any submissions for new words. Um, fuggle was a disaster last because week. Because I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> the fuggle. You're saying it right now. Word. You're saying it right now. But instead, you just need to focus on nog. The, uh, the nogging. Okay, why are you doing this to me? Okay, this might not work either. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Oh, but we do have some housekeeping. First off, I want to apologize for last week's audio. I don't know what happened. Now, we're not even going to say the name. We won't approach no, the name. No. We're not even going to think it. No. But we all know that there is a supernatural reason that things went south last week. And for that, I am sorry. We've learned our lesson. And we just will never even address it again. We're moving mm -hmm. on for whatever. Okay. Yes. So sorry about that. But as you can hear from this week's episode, we're back. We are back. We're back with the murders. We're back with the bullshit. We're back. Bloody rapists and justice. <gasps> you know, the things that you're going to love Bringing about it us. All. <laughs> okay. What was the other thing I wanted to talk about this the week? The gift. Yes, the gift. So I made a friend. <laughs> I made a friend. And this friend of mine. He is a contributor, volunteer, supporter. Uh, I'm not sure even exactly what he does. And he has dedicated his life and his, his time to helping people and trying to do good for others. He's a big do-gooder. And one of the people who supports the gift in Chatham, Kent. And their initiative is to get as many people, as many volunteers, as many donations of things that can help those who are less fortunate or in a position where they just need that extra help. Do they focus on one, like... It's not just food. Okay. No, it's food, it's toys for children, Clothing. it's clothes, it's whatever you can donate. Mm -hmm. And I think on Instagram you could find them under the gift CK. Of course, we will be linking them under this video mm -hmm. when it goes out on Instagram. Yeah. And it's this powerful initiative 
um, to get people to donate, donate to yeah. donate of their time. And if they do have things that they could donate, food, mm -hmm. clothing, gifts for children, yeah. you know, um, there are a bunch of different ways you can assist, you can volunteer. Mm -hmm. But right now they had this big drive to collect on November the 30th. All the way to? Oh, sorry, November the 20th. But that collection is going all the way to mm -hmm. Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve, right? So if you can, please check out the gift, Chatham Kent or the gift CK and look for different ways you can drop off. There's a drop-off location But map. you can also send stuff to them, you mentioned, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah. well, um, there's a drop-off location map, but also, um, I believe if you contact one of the people, if you go to the link or to go to the gift, you may be able to contact one of the persons and they will give you an address. Yep. And maybe you can do something like what I did. I went onto Instacart. Just and I or bought, bought some groceries mm -hmm. and I sent it, you mm -hmm. know, because I wasn't even in the country. I was in California at yeah. the time last when week? they saw, yeah, last week, last week when they were pushing towards this big day. So, you know, there are different ways you can donate. If you don't have the money to give anything, you can give of your time. Share. Yeah, Sh share, share, it, share it. Sharing share is free. Yes. Sharing is yes. free. Share you the know? information. And supporting is free, too. Mm -hmm. So please follow the gift if you're interested. And, you know, it is the season but to honestly, just you know do these kinds of things. It should be all year. But we do know Christmas is the time that kind of cracks open people's, you know, heart. But you're also getting bonuses and stuff like that. Like yeah. ex that extra munch. Yeah. That might help. Um, but also people think, and by people I mean me, sometimes you f I feel that if I'm not donating certain amount of my money, I feel bad. No, you just do but what you can. Just a little bit goes a long way, especially with this organization. Last year, Susanna and I donated to Daily Bread with COVID. People were not doing as much of their their usual altruistic things as they usually did because people were afraid to get out go out there and so you know with things like the daily bread you donate some money and we'll feed a family yep. you know and they they yep. will take the money and they go they get the things or they get the donations whatever you, there are different ways you can help people and it doesn't actually involve money like i said for the gift you can volunteer there's a link here i'm on the website right now drop-off location, you volunteer, you follow them on Facebook, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. just they're just ways. And like we said, sharing is free. It doesn't take yep. anything from you to like, and it doesn't take anything of you to share. Share so with if you could, somebody. Yeah. yeah, just help out somebody and, and do that. You know? yeah, during COVID as well, the um, shelters, yeah. they closed their kitchen. Yeah. And I started to participate in those um sending food to some shelters yes, yes and yes. we also did that last yeah. week yeah i mean this week no this week. last week yeah. i remember it today. we did it the point is the thing is, is that if you are able to a little bit help. goes a long way that's right the, the idea to mention this organization is to encourage everybody to share a little bit yeah teensy bit we get really Definitely. caught up in our like everyday existence you know and and that's not a judgment it, no. hap it happens to me us all, all the time yeah. You know, like you, you get caught in this hamster wheel of get up, go to work, rinse, repeat. You know, you have your children, you have school, you have, of course, work deadlines. You have everything else going on. Yeah. And then when you, you really think about it, there are a lot of people who are silently struggling. There are many people who live that yeah. minimum wage or not minimum wage, but middle class really mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they are struggling yes. just to keep their head above water, just yeah. to have what they mm -hmm. have. And from the outside looking in, you're thinking, oh, they're set. But then when they get home, they have nothing in their fridge. Mm -hmm.
they have nothing to clothe their children with they don't have gifts for their children this year for yep. christmas and you do try to tell children oh you know it's not about gifts and stuff because but it's a child you know a child should get they a toy yes. at christmas time and my a my building bed. does a warm bed my building does a toy drive every they christmas do? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll and they collect and i always put in the i always put in the bin i always put in the bin and um it, you know what else they don't really get for the older children people love to buy the stuff for the babies and the mm-hmm. young children mm-hmm. and it's like a child that goes all the way up until 18 because when you're you know? in you're in the street and you're older yeah. than five yeah. you're considered a bigger kid no you're Done. a bigger kid you're and nobody adult. cares and like that's not right you know mm-hmm. you have they they deserve their time to be a child mm-hmm. too and just because they're no longer in that cutesy baby phase doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that they should be denied the opportunity to have a childhood so if you can help out and all of these organizations if you can help out in any way by donating giving your times even if you just like we said pass it on yeah that is a huge help Mm -hmm. so check out the gift check out daily bread check out your local shelters check out anywhere that you just feel like helping this is the season for that and we are going to keep talking about it. It's, this is not going to be the only episode for the rest of December. We will keep mentioning yes. to you different things that are popping up in the city, opportunities mm-hmm. to help. Do it if you can. Right? Yeah. And uh, um, the malls as well, they do have the big malls yeah. in Toronto. They do take uh, toys. Oh, yeah. You toys know, as well. You know what my building collected toys for? I think the firemen have like a toy drive. The firefighters. Yeah, the yes. firefighters have like these. Yes. And so my building collects toys to put in that toy mountain. Yeah. Because they make like this big toy mm-hmm. hill or toy mountain or whatever. And even if you're, um, you're in your building or within your family and you said, listen, let's collect three, four toys and you're the person that takes it to the fire station, that's... Yeah. three four kids yeah that, that got that toy because you had the car yes. or you took the time to you go take it time. to the station so you know small thing goes a long way next up on the housekeeping um we had a listener send us something on instagram Yay. her name is alana i think because that's the name that comes up but the name like her handle on instagram mm-hmm. is spinosaurus 42 which is cute (laughs) and she sent me this link i'm assuming she's in ireland and she sent me this thing she said i have a few horrible irish crimes but also a list of hilarious old irish laws (laughs) and the one that she sent to me she sent me this link to um being a free person like a free man free woman of the city okay so get this so apparently Barack Obama and his wife Michelle mm-hmm. uh, were supposed to become this was back in 2017. Okay. They were about to become the 82nd and 83rd persons to be awarded the freedom of the city of Dublin. The mayor, who goes by Lord Mayor at this time. Okay. Brendan Carr proposed it and then it had to be approved by councillors and whatever, right? Okay. So apparently past recipients included the point is, is that they got this special award and the requirements are just that you have to be liked. Basically, <laughs> like you are acknowledging the contribution of that person to the people in that city. Okay. So if you've done something good for the people in the city uh-huh. of Dublin, you're going to be awarded this free woman or free man of the city award. And I just want to know, how do we get it? We have to go to Ireland. Like, but I feel like we're doing a favor to Ireland right now. We're doing something for the city. We have a quite a few Irish listeners, you know. Right? 
Yeah, like, and like we keep them entertained. In terms, I'm sure they're in terms of our numbers, we bring in joy like to U- Ireland. US is our top listener, followed by Canada and Trinidad, which tied. Then Australia and Ireland are also tied. Listen, yeah, we visit them. So basically, it's all about you. Yeah, it's all about you, Ireland. Mm-hmm. And you know, we love you. We love yeah, the Irish. And we ma- Look at we're drinking Bailey's right now. Mm-hmm. Bailey's Irish cream. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I don't know if Bailey's is a thing to you or if this is just all marketing. But the point is, is that this is well timed. We didn't even plan this. Right? Look at us. Mm. We're meant to be free women of the city. We are meant to be free women of the city. I don't know what we get. I think we just get an award. Hold on. <laughs> this is what you get. This is your special privileges okay, we will listen, get. Listen, 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 listen. The right to bring goods into Dublin through the city gates. Oh, that means we can take... Without paying customs duties. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, I like it. The right to pasture sheep on common ground within the city boundary. I don't, I don't like that. I'm big, I'm not big on that. But you know what I do like to watch videos of them sharing the sheep world off, because if it overgrows, you know they get like super uncomfortable. Like there was this one sheep, he like ran away from the farm. <laughs> and he, no, I saw it. I saw it. He ran away, right? And so nobody could catch him to cut his hair. And he was just like two little eyes and all of this wool. And of course, now he's uncomfortable at this point. They're doing him a favor. So I, I used to think they were being mean. And I'm like, oh, the sheep are going to be a hippie chip. And then we, the we get the right to vote in the elections. You think oh. Barack Obama will vote in the election? Like, I mean, I think you have the right Why to vote. Not? Yeah. Why not? Oh shit! Oh shit! There's there's the things you have to fulfill. Oh, you see. Look, look. L- let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Each free man or free woman has to be ready to defend the city from an attack. We we're ready. Right. That's true. I think that we would be the right people for some sort of ninja antics. But this is what we would do. <laughs> we send Susanna to talk shit, right? <laughs> because that she's good at that. And then I That's sneak up in the back. <laughs> me talking shit. Yeah, you will go and you I'll be distracted. No, them. you know how you like to make friends with everybody. So yeah. Well, yeah, so you go up to the oh attacker. Do you know how <laughs> to get to the street? And da, 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 you know, back in back in metal, the street wasn't like this. <laughs> and, da, 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 da. and you talk <laughs> to the attacker. <laughs> and then I sneak in up in the camp. And I, sneak up, <laughs> and I sneak up and I deal with them, you know? But how do, how are you gonna kill them? Oh, we have to kill them. I just wanna take them out, like just like knock them out. But you're gonna karate chop their neck? Karate chop? I was thinking like chloroform. I think more on like the science route. Oh, like you know, like just stick up behind them and they'll knock it. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're too tall? Chanel, you need to think this through. Uh, it have to be enough. It have to be enough that it's not a crime. Here's what we do: we let the sheep go. The ones that we allow to pasture in the city, uh-huh. we let them go. And? We start a rampage because the sheep gonna just go running, okay. right? So at this point now they're scrambling. They yeah, don't know what to do because the sheep just coming yeah. towards them. Yeah. That's gonna take them down to the ground. This is when we jump on them and we. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I like the sheep idea. And then a free man or free woman can be called on to join the militia, the no, city militia. Yeah. Uh, they said militia here. They didn't say military. Yeah, the care. city militia at short notice. No, like I. Well, I mean, I guess maybe to them it's the same thing. But I was under the impression that the militia is like a rogue militant group. 
like you know like you you and i created a faction but let's say like we were anti whatever uh-huh. government we got ourselves uniforms and i made you a lieutenant and myself the captain i'm like there's no there's no real <laughs> this is not a real it's just thing. like right, like co-hosts yeah CEO. like co-hosts but of the but of the militia mm, okay you know and now we we recruit other people and yeah, I, correct us if we're wrong. You know, as usual, we know nothing. We tell you all the time. We clue <laughs> So if so, if you know more about the militia, then you let us know. But I was under the impression that it was like a unstructured military situation. So they're gonna call Barack Obama if something goes down. I mean, I don't know if he accepted it. I probably should have done the extra legwork to see if he accepted because he was just offered it. Maybe at the point where they told him here what you had to defend the city against an attack, and now you had to join the militia, he was probably like, "No, thank you," because <laughs> he black. <laughs> you know, I don't see him saying yes. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just telling you the truth. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Um, and Michelle not doing it. Like, just think about who she is. <laughs> She's just probably going to be like, not no. that. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. No. I follow you to the White House. Yeah, you that's it. You want to go fight no. for the militia? You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tired. Here. Yeah. I already did what I had to exactly. do. Exactly. And Michelle ain't going to fight for no militia. Mm-hmm. So I do think, hmm, I wonder if they took it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look and see. That's fast. Because, you know, at that same time, as but a president, maybe, it might be disrespectful be for them to turn it down. Of course. But maybe we can do good by being silly to these people. Who people? You know, we bring in joy. That's how we get in. To who? Or to the, the Irish? To the Dublinians. Dublinians. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dublinese. <laughs> Dublinians. Dublinians. <laughs> um, I don't know if the Dublinese are a thing, but for the Dublinians, Dublinese, Dublinians. Yeah, the Dublinians. <laughs> if you if you want us to represent your city, just know we already have a plan to defend you. Yeah, with the cheek. With the sheep, right? <laughs> we're ready. Okay, we're these people. So just we're gonna get our nails done. And I bet be you those other fru fru people, you gave it to them, and they probably did nothing for the city. We're telling you up front, we have a plan. We have a plan. And we're ready to be the free women of Dublin. Okay. Yeah. On to other housekeeping. Susanna and I had a spa day yesterday. Yeah. We did. We had a full spa day at this place called Sweetgrass Spa in Toronto, and. I told Susanna when we went, so it's like a full thing. We had massages, facials, facials mani-pedi, time in the sauna, the pool, the, the sauna. In the hot tub. Yeah. Sauna, pool, and hot tub, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But when we got there, we had the massages. I'm pretty sure that the masseuse liberated something from my soul <laughs> through, through my back. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about something serious, and I was like, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> no. it was just gone. Yeah. Like whatever. And she told me, so I was really because Susanna was running a little late, right? So I'm on the table <laughs> getting my massage, and I'm just there, really worried at the beginning. And then by the time you came, she was like, "Oh, I hear voices. I think you're a friend." And I'm like, "What friend? Where? Who's huh? that? Who's who coming? Who like, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> like, oh shit, Susanna's here." <laughs> This woman freed something in yeah. my back. Just let it free. Yeah. Like, let it go like Elsa. It was insane. Yeah, that's why people go. It's like, I, I gotta go to the spa. Le- yeah. uh, and she finished me off with a hot stone. And I had never had a hot stone on my body. But, oh, my God. Hot stone massage. I now understand why it's a thing. <laughs> 
Because I thought she had like liquid oil, like hot oil in her hand. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's hot. This is how fucked up it was. Like I started my massage and the lady, first I, I went in with the joke that everybody at the spa talks like this. Super quiet. <laughs> right. This lady is Susanna level. Right, right, like right, right. When right. Susanna is trying to be quiet. Okay. That, that's so the still level. Loud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like you because I will be started laughing mm-hmm. if she's, she was quiet, right? And uh, I was like, Susanna, you need to, because Ryan said, don't talk. Like, this is not, this is the time to relax. Yes, yes. But my, par- my point of relaxing involves talking. Mine doesn't. You I'm, see, I'm super quiet in the massage. No, I talked to her, but at the beginning, I was like thinking, I have a mask. My face is here. I don't like this. I, I don't know what is this. And then she started going on my shoulders, and I forgot. Mm. I forgot about COVID. Mm-hmm. I forgot about winter. Mm. I forgot about, about this is housing. Why we went. This is I, for- we I forgot. I, I'm like, mm. no, I don't care. Mm. Whatever it is, like she could have dropped the the worst news. I'll be like, yeah, get get back. But the thing is, is that I thought that the day was gonna peak with the massage, so I was kind of annoyed that the massage was first because I was like, oh, I knew I would enjoy the massage. But, but then, uh huh, the facials. Damn. Listen, I never had a facial before. I never had because I always thought it was something people do when they have like acne, and I'm not. This is not a humble brag. I'm just telling you facts. I've never really had like an acne problem. So mm-hmm. I never had a reason to go to get a facial. Yeah. But now I understand why people do it. Yes. I yeah. fell asleep. Yeah, you full yeah. snore. <laughs> yeah. Come up, come up, come up. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exfoliate. <laughs> this is I do not know if they pump like whatever drug yes. through the vents. But these ladies that like for the massage, I mean for the facials, mm-hmm. this one is the yeah, they were really gentle. I totally understand why people get facials yeah. now. I never yeah. got it before. Yeah. Now, I am a facial convert. Mm-hmm. I, I love them. <laughs> I love them. You're part of that religion now. Yeah, now, I'm honestly, yeah. if somebody That's said to me, religion. come, let's go get facials. Yes. yes. Yes, let's go. That was so nice. Mm-hmm. It was such a nice experience. Yeah. And then, of course, the ladies the who ladies did our... The ladies were very nice. They were very nice. All of them. The ladies All who did them. the mani-pedi, mm-hmm. very nice as well. Yeah. And we sat together and we had our tea. Mm-hmm. We had Prosecco. We. Listen. Yeah, yes. like two sips. Hold on. I don't drink the bubblies because I have a sulfite allergy. So to me, if I get the drink, I give it to somebody who can drink it. So I don't know what the hell, what the nog you're complaining about <laughs> because you got all the booze for me. Yeah. I was actually going to send Susanna on her own, right? Because it was a gift for Susanna for her birthday. But my mother told me to go as a gift to her for her birthday. Hey, happy, happy birthday, birthday Vanessa. <laughs> Cheers to you, mommy. So she insisted yeah, that baby. we go. And I'm going to try my best to be a little bit kinder to myself as I'm going forward because yesterday was really nice. But did you have a good time? I loved, like I said, no, I, I came home and I was like, "Mm, this is so relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) This is so relaxing. I was like, "Mm, okay. I was just really, it was really nice. It was a very nice day. So, I mean, like everybody should do a little something for themselves. Yes. So. All right. What do you have for me today, oh, Susan? You're not ready for that. I'm not ready. not ready. What's it called again? Trapped? Trapped. Oh, shit. Trapped where? In a basement? No. In a couch? In a house. In a house. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We're getting at it, like, right away. No. There's no preamp. Nah. Phyllis Robinette. 
Okay. She is a mother of six. Phyllis Robinette. Phyllis Robinette. Okay. The two daughters named are Teresa and Louise. They're very religious. They're under the Pentecostal Christians. Okay. A branch of the Christians. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she was not ordinary mother. Phyllis will use her two daughters, Teresa and Louise, as sex workers. Excuse me? For a very young age. From a very young age. Mm-hmm. How old are the daughters here? I'm telling at six and <gasps> seven. Disgusting. Not that it's okay at they, any age, but that's extra disgusting. They started being abused by Phyllis' father. Their grandfather. Their grandfather. Oh, geed. She will take them to the grandfather. <gasps> oh, geed. Uh-huh. Grandmommy knew. What Phyllis kind of, knew. What kind of stink-ass family is this? Mm-hmm. Phyllis knew. Kids don't want to go. She only did it to the girls. And then when she was short of cash, she will take them to older men. Yes. So she was their pimp? For cash. Yes. How stink. Teresa, on one of the interviews that she ended up having in the end, she said one of the recurring client, mm-hmm. this old man, Wells, he was touching her and she will be crying. He'll be like, shut up and giving her cash. Anyway, so Teresa and Louise, they wanted to get out of their situation. They wanted to get of out course. of that, that house. They just didn't want to be their sex worker anymore. Phyllis used to say, oh, God wants you to do these things. You are supposed to help us, and why not? So they w- she will rely on religion and to God shame them. to justify the actions right yeah but at what age did they make this as soon as they reach their teens they start okay we okay. need to we need to get mm-hmm. we need to get out of here Susanna, why do you come with this <laughs> so louise attended the princeton high school in princeton west virginia and that's where she met this guy she met david allen turping okay why does that name sound familiar? It does sound familiar because there is a lot of uh, things going on right now. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> it's a it's an old case, but they just recently came out with interviews and why not? All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. David is from the same religion. Not only they share the their high school that they're going to, mm-hmm. they share the same beliefs. Okay. Right? And they also go to the same Bible studies. Place. Teresa and him. No, Louise and David. The younger sister. The younger. The yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. Uh, the, the mother's name is Phyllis, you said. Phyllis, Phyllis. Uh-huh. yes. Okay. Now, by having those things in common, they starting started dating. Mm-hmm. But under their religion, they are not allowed to have intercourse, which is so hyper... Like, <coughs> So hypocritical, yeah. but you're taking your daughter to pimp them out. But you cannot go and have sex with the men that you might like. No, 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 because then you're choosing that, uh-huh. you know. But if I've chosen it for you, you're doing something for the family. Okay. Pig, fucking pig. So David started asking um, Louise out. And Louise thought, this is a man that seems to be smart. He was, he was very smart. Mm-hmm. 
this him seems to be smart. He seems to have an interest in me. We share the same religion. I want out of this situation. She ran away. To be with David. To be with David. Mm. And she was found. Of course. A couple of days. Mm. So Luis's father, he said, we need to do something about this. And she's like, okay, we either do, you either let me be with this man or I just take my life because I cannot continue with this. So they let her get married. In 1985, Luis, 16 at the time, and David was 23, mm -hmm. and they got married. 16? 16. I don't like it. <sighs> I do not like what is coming. I feel I know where this is going because I think I know where the case is about, but I can't be sure, so take me away. Take me okay. to this. Take me to the bullshit because I know. Under the Pentecostal Christian, mm -hmm. they also adhere to the, be, I, I want to say this word, quiverful movement. Uh, that movement means that you are allowing yourself to have as many kids as God sends you. So no contraception. No any no, form no, of contraception. No, no rhythm no method. <laughs> no, 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 no pull out no method. No pull out. No, no condom. No sterilization. No nothing. birth control. So just you know, no chop, chop, as chop many the balls. as many goals get get in there. Yeah, that's what we do it. Mm -hmm. mm, okay. Between 1988 and 2015, they had ten daughters and three sons. David was a computer engineer and he had worked for Lockheed Martin and North Rob Ruman. Apparently those is this are a, very is this a law place? Very good wish uh, bushy places. Bushy? Yes. They make a he he managed to make money. Like a bushy. lot of bushy. Yeah. What do you mean bushy? Like they that's a good company. Does that usually does the term bushy? I don't know. <laughs> okay. It sounds like a law firm, you know, like law firms are always called like Pratt, Pratt, Joseph, <laughs> Connor, Lysol, and Microband. <laughs> like, it's just me. Like, <laughs> it's like 10, 15 names. Is that what it is? It's a law firm? No, 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 no. He's a computer engineer, so he's but making it, the money. Okay, okay, sure, sure. But just that the name of the company sounds like, you know, it's like everybody working there. Apparently, there are two, two companies. There's one. He had worked yeah. at those two places. Anyways, the point is that he was making good money. Mm -hmm. Right? Right after David and Louise got married, they started living in Fort Worth, Texas. From 1985 to 1999, they live in Fort Worth, Texas. Then they decided to move to a more rural area called Rio Vista. Okay. Still in Texas. Okay, okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So he's still with the company, though. He's still working. He's, he's still, still working. making good money. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. There's something fucked up about this family. Well, yeah. The, mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. kids were allowed to go to school. Okay, that's surprising. Hands on to the allowed word, mm. please. They're allowed to go to school. But these kids were very particular because they will come to school with dirty clothes, mm. like a strong smells like they haven't washed dairy dirty um hair mm. and they started to get bullied uh oh at school 
But they kept to themselves, like to each other, or they had friends. They they wouldn't make friends because mm. they were smelly, you know. Yeah. No, that's so sad. Uh-huh. And kids can children can be very cruel, but because they're super children honest. Children cannot be. Children are cruel. Yeah, they are. They are. They're mean. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they have no filter. They have no fucking filter. Mm-hmm. So. When uh, right before the teachers started questioning what is happening here, mm-hmm. Luis and David said, "Fuck this, we are going to homeschool these kids." Ah, mm-hmm. and apparently, like you can put together a formal paperwork where you give your school, your homeschool, a name, a principal. Oh, wow. and yes, and wow. they went through all that. Yeah, but if okay, so if. If the p- teachers at the school suspected something, they couldn't say, hey, don't let them register this homeschool. We really think somebody needs to look into this a little closer. Hang on to that. Okay. Sometimes with cases develop, you would think, why didn't the teacher say something? Why didn't this person say something? Why didn't this person say something? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, there is a fine line there. I'm not here to judge because do you remember when I asked you, fuck, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a, uh, if I'm being a Karen or I'm just taking an interest. There's such a fine line between being nosy and and being careless. Yes. Like I said, right before the teachers started questioning, Mm -hmm. they said, "Ah, we're going to do this. David and Louise, right after they moved by themselves and they started having kids, they stop visiting their families. Mm. However, they will keep getting, like, they will keep having contact. Phone, video. She was at least contacting Teresa or Therese. All the, the, fa- all the, all the, fa- respect, even the rapist family. Oh, no, I don't know. No. Respective family members. They, they will keep on contact. It's yeah, not yeah. like they disappear. Yeah, they didn't fall off uh-huh. the grid kind of thing. Now, the family started noticing the kids being, looking smaller. Mm. Now they're not feeding them. Looking smaller. And they will have like a fluent conversation. Mm. And then they start questioning, why aren't you sending the kids? Then they said, oh, they're being bullied. They don't understand our religion. That's why we decide to do To this. school, why not sending them to mm-hmm. school? Oh, because I thought they were asking why you don't send them by me. And I'm like, no, you're uh-huh. all a bunch of fucking rapists. Every time they would say, oh, we come and visit you or we're going to visit you and why not? There was always an excuse. Mm. They all that my kid is sick. Granted, you have like 17 kids. Mm. The odds of one of them being sick is like it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you and you keep on dropping babies. You like basically have a newborn all the freaking time. Mm. Who the fuck is going to have time? You know what I mean? So it was believable for a while. Until and when the the family start making more questions and ask trying to get more conversation with the kids, not with the with the parents, they stop the video calls. Mm. The video mm-hmm. calls stop, so they will get like a Christmas card, yeah, a Christmas picture of all of them, and then that's only it. phone calls every other month every mm-hmm. other you know every so at this point they're trying to hide the children yeah early 2000 david and louise 
file for bankruptcy. I thought he was making good money. He was making good money. Oh, you will see where she was make spending. All the kids were homeschooled only. And they barely were allowed to be outside the house. So they're trapped in the house. They're trapped in the house. They have no interaction with the outside world. These kids were only not only kidnapped by their parents. They're being tortured. And some of those tortures, I'm going to start list listing here. The children were only allowed to call David and Louise mother and father. They were never called each other by their name. And the kids were never allowed to call them by their names. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. You don't call him mom by, I mean, I call mine by her name, but I'm a big woman now. You know what I mean? Um, you don't call, so they don't want them to call them by their names. That's fair. But they could only use the words mother, father. And then David and Louise spoke to each other, and David would call her mother, and Louise would call him father. Remember when I told you that these kids were looking small? Yeah. Because they're being managed. They were being managed. But that doesn't mean there was no food. Mm. Food was a, a punishment for them. Louise would buy... Like withholding food was a yes. punishment? Mm. Louise would buy a pie, mm -hmm. leave it in the on the, on the table. Mm -hmm. Knowing that the kids were only fed once a day... Mm. And if one of them will come, touch, move, or do something, it will get punished. Punishment where? Being tied up <laughs> by their beds. <laughs> David built a, a, what I could call a cage or a kennel. Mm. And put the children in? Put the children in there. When they were tied up, they were not allowed to use the facility. So if you were going to pee or poo, you do it right there like there. a dog in a kennel sort of yeah mm. they will buy food but all the covers will have like a lock like the child lock kind of thing yeah they can't get in they need a key and their keys were only why they didn't rush them like it's 12 or 17 or 18 thousand of them why didn't just rush the parents like that's what i would do i would have start a coup i was gonna start a coup i would have been the one child who got killed because i was gonna start a coup like hey hey, hey you take the side you take the side and rush them. There's something particular about this case. Only two girls allowed the media to say their name. The other ones were too young. Mm -hmm. And the other, the older ones decided not to say any, not to allow the media to say their names. Even a court. They referred to them as X, mm -hmm. Y, Z. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe they're in the middle of changing their name. Maybe they don't want to be known as these turpin children, yeah. which is understandable. Yeah. Ah, I'm so annoyed. Like, I mean, I know what I said. Eh? Like, why they didn't rush them? I know why they didn't rush them. It's because they were, they were forced into believing that they had no strength in this situation and that, you know, but that their parents that, were the ones they, they couldn't go against them. And the, they used the religion. They used their religion to say we are allowed to do this and if you you'll go to hell disobey us we are allowed by the bible and this religion to kill you because you're disobeying us and by us mean you can you're disobeying god that's bull fucking shit and i know people who in the pentecostal church and yeah, they tell it, it that's bull fucking shit yeah chanel but it, uh, they're 
they have no interaction with anybody. Exactly. So they have nobody to but, corroborate the story. Uh-huh. But. On top of that, you're starving the whole freaking day. Yeah. They're delirious. And they're giving you like this crumbs. much information. Enough crumbs of information and you. crumbs of food. Yeah. Enough not to kill you. Mm-hmm. Enough to keep you breathing. But not enough mm-hmm. to have enough energy to do anything else. You know, I was team Louise at the start of this because she was a victim. But nah, kick she mother cunt. For mm-hmm. sure. Like, gosh. What did not go wrong you with remember, you? Do you remember what you said? Why did they file bankruptcy? I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, I thought he was rich. Okay. She will buy clothes. Did not spend any money on the children. They w- she will buy clothes and go shopping for the children. And if they were good, they were allowed to touch it. But they can't put it on? They can put it on. But closets full of new clothing. New kids' clothing. But they were wearing the same ditty clothes all the yep. time? So that just means all the children were kids, bad all the time then? Kids were only allowed to bathe if they were allowed to bathe once a year. Once a year? Once a year, Chanel. Susanna, you're talking shit. I'm not talking shit. <gasps> the older kids were told that if they see the younger kids doing something wrong, wrong, remember wrong mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. they have to reprimand them. They have to put them in the cage. So they would do it. They put them in they the cage. They would have to do it. Because I guess they would also be, they would be punished if they found out that they were lenient with them and didn't punish the, the younger child. Remember when you said, why didn't do anything about it? Okay. Yeah, why didn't it rush them? While living in Rio Vista, the older child intended to skip the house. She was caught running on the street not too far from their home because she was not strong enough to get further. Because mm, she was starving. She was caught by a, a neighbor. The neighbor assumed mm-hmm. she was mentally ill. Because mm. she looked so thin, yeah. the neighbor didn't put together that this kid was older than so what it looked. Can I ask her a question? The neighbor dumb. Chanel, this is these are kids that are not interacting with anybody. They don't have internet. They don't have. Okay, yeah, but have, this is an adult person. Anything. Okay, but the neighbor's an adult person who has access. But to what's the, the first world? thing that? What's the first thing that you see? That you normally see, they're they're running away. I'm bringing this kid back to. You don't assume the parents are doing shit. Nah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. If you telling me that she's so tiny and she's so underweight and she's so socially awkward, she has a smell because she's bathed once a year. She ain't going back to that fucking house. Mm. Anyway, so she returned it to the house. Oh, I'm mad at the neighbor. Neighbor stupid. Mm. In 2007, David and Louis said, "We're done with this religion." Oh, we have done the religion thing and we're now ready to experience life the real way. How can you do that with 17 kids? No, not 17, 13 kids. The 13 they had? Because they keep calling different numbers. 18, 18,000, 13, 15. So it's 13 they really have? 13 kids. They took the two younger kids Mm -hmm. with them. When the rest of them, they took a trailer, parked it in their property, mm-hmm. left the 11 kids in that trailer. You're fucking kidding me. I'm not. They will come. In Texas, in the heat? Yes. They will come once a week with groceries <gasps> for them. Of course, not enough. They 
embraced their life. They were drinking, gambling. They also were swing. You know when they, you go swinging, swinging. So they had extra people in the marriage yes. now. Okay, so more mothers and fathers. More, more peoples in here. But what about the two children who went with them? Were they allowed to live a life, or they were still treating them like shit? They were the babies. They were two babies. I don't know. Hmm. These people are horrible people. Jordan, one of the girls that came forward with the media and why not, mm -hmm. she said that at some point during li while living at that trailer, she would have her meal will be ice and ketchup, ice and mustard, mm. because they will have only enough. By 2010, three years later, when they just moved from their they lived in that trailer for three years. Mm. Their family left. The Rio Vista property. This is not only the part that pisses me off, but now you know there is activity at your neighbor's house. There is a kid that was found running and very skinny. This is what but I was complaining about before. Uh -huh. But now they move, and now the neighbors are intrigued of what happened there. What happened? Let me see the house. Mm -hmm. You didn't care when the children were what living there. Uh -huh. What did they find? Neighbor found feces. Uh. Bed, beds with ropes tied to them. Mm -hmm. Some of the beds we didn't, ha didn't have even mattresses. Like, you know when the mattress is so old and so thin that they will have just only the... Um, mattress pad mm. and the springs. Dead cats' bodies. Oh, my God. Piles of garbage and so many rats, they just... Rats were walking around as if they that was their own house. Right. So it was a norm, and there were big, big rats, right? The family moved from Rio Vista to Paris, California. Everybody. So they took the children and the trailers. Yeah. Everybody gone. Everybody mm -hmm. gone. They lived there eight years. By 2016, the older children were allowed to have phones. This was the only interaction they would have with the outside world. Mm. If you were, if you they sneak around, you will have you could see clips, you could get into the internet, mm. right? And the older kids, Jordan and Jennifer included, started to look into the internet. Mm -hmm. Jordan started getting interested by Justin Bieber. Oh, wow! Yes. How interesting that this is the thing that turned things on. She, she, she liked the beebs. She likes. Mm, she likes and the beebs. she found the, the Justin Bieber songs inspired. Oh, and she started seeing on the videos that there were things different. Because yeah. remember their parents telling them the outside is shit. Yeah, now they've seen how people live in. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they can compare. And right? even worse, she's watching a music video. So she's seeing the most lavish of options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now they also find out about the 911. What 911 is. Oh, wow. Because they didn't know what is they the didn't emergency know and they number. They didn't know who to call. Right? They didn't learn that in school when they were allowed to go to school. Gee. They were. If you're being tortured, my point is, like, imagine how clouded their thoughts were. And the moment that yeah. you, and your, your core yeah. is broken to pieces yeah. because the person that's supposed to love you and protect you. Not doing that. It's not feeding you. Yeah. Not only not feeding you. Some of the sources that I also read and and watched, they said they will eat McDonald's and they will leave the crumbs. You know, like they will For them? come. They will come with mm. the smelly fries and the shit, 
and it's just them eating. You know, but they don't. They, there was a point that they only were allowed to be awake at night. So when you see outside, you don't see movement. So mm -hmm. they switched their their biological clock. Yeah, was switched. Was so they would be up be at switched. night when everybody yeah. else was asleep, and then they'd be up and asleep in the day. These people are horrible. Right. Okay. So she likes the beads. Yes. And she realized that she could post a video. There mm. is a video of her singing. Oh, you always blame me for for everything that happens and why not? Like she's she's singing her story, but you think with so many things on YouTube, you see this and you think this is another kid. It's just a yeah, just post okay? a video. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer and and Jordan, when they started seeing the outside is something new, this is, there's something different here. Mm -hmm. They start planning their escape. Okay. They say, we need to, we need to do something. We yeah. need to do something. Mm -hmm. But remember, these are very limited kids. Mm -hmm. They, they don't know anything they about the outside. They don't know anybody. They don't know anything about but how to socialize. the one thing they know, it's the way they're living. It's not right. It's wrong. Yeah, that's true. And they know hunger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am going to say at this point, I am surprised that they gave them a phone. I'm, I'm very shocked. Because they must have known that they would eventually come across. You understand? But at this point, you know, the kids were like 28, 29, the older one. And then maybe they thought they were so repressed they wouldn't do anything about it. Probably. Maybe. By January 2018, mm -hmm. Jordan overheard the parents talking about moving to Oklahoma and she said this is it we need to do something because she got she familiarized herself with the houses around like the colors of the houses around mm -hmm. her house mm -hmm. just in case you have to come back mm. right remember they were planning the escape and mm -hmm. she's like no fuck it because if we don't leave now there'll be a new environment exactly. and I wouldn't know where I am it okay. took them two years to make that decision right, you right, know right. Mm -hmm. on January 14 2018 Jordan sneaked out of a window at 5 a.m. and she ran and she was holding in her hand a phone that has been disconnected mm -hmm. what's the one thing that you can do on a disconnected phone phone alarm phone alarm she had learned that that phone could call 911 mm -hmm. and there she was in call 911 I heard. I had no idea you could call 911 or disconnect. Disconnect the phone. You what can you mean call 911. Like, like it, it doesn't no have a. It, it has to have a SIM card. Has a, like, you know, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't okay, need. Okay. 911. You, know, you know what I'm thinking of? When you say disconnected, I'm so old. I'm thinking of like those actual phones with the cord. <laughs> uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, she running away. She's she running old. away with, a, with one of those phones with the cord and it that connected. Who's she going to call? But now I understand. Cell phone, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard the call. I understand that it's unusual. And I understand there are fuckers out there that just call for the sake of it. Mm. Just to do make a fake call and mm. why not. Chapman, but sympathize. Because the tone of the lady that uh, that took the phone call, the first two seconds, like disinterested. Yes. Yeah. Granted, this is a 17-year-old, and you hear the call, and it's like Karen will tell you a story. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't know words that mm. these people will, like, mm -hmm. words as medication. She will be like, what's medication? Mm. 
bruised. She didn't know what a bruise was. Vocabulary was so limited. Yeah. And when you hear the voice, you think this is a smaller kid. But mm -hmm. she's saying, and I'm quoting, I'm 17 year old. My name is this and this. I ran from my house. My two sisters are chained up because they stole food from my mother. Mm -hmm. We have very abusive parents. Like she, it seems like she rehearsed. Yeah, that she practiced. All, so she like she practiced mm -hmm. everything that she wanted to say. Finally, they get a policeman to come. They all took it as as a runaway. Mm -hmm. And then when the policeman, she a woman. yeah, when when the policeman came, the first thing is, are you taking any medication? Immediately is a mental health and issue. And he thought, oh, this is a runaway. How does he begin and an end? Okay, I ran away. I take it back. You take, you take the kid back. <laughs> this is the one thing that bless her heart. He said, do you have food? And she said, I do. She you had picture? taken pictures yes. of the kids chained up. Mm -hmm. That moment was like, okay, hang on to this. She will show the picture and you see the marks, the marks on the hands. Mm -hmm. And then she couldn't say bruise. Mm -hmm. She couldn't say, you know, like we, we don't eat, yeah. you know, that she was trying to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And then the guy was like, okay, you're very close from your house. Mm -hmm. He asked, what will happen to you if I take you back? And he, she said, they will kill me. Yeah, they will kill me. Mm -hmm. He said, Right away, he knew if they see her from any window, they're just going to stop doing what they're doing and but they're, they're not going to be able to catch, catch these them. parents. He asked her to sit down in the back of the car. The car. Mm -hmm. You will hear videos. There are a lot of videos out there. The conversation between him and, and Jordan during the car ride. She took them to the house. He calls in for reinforcement mm -hmm. and because it's a case of child abuse they don't need a warrant to go into the house excellent because that's normally the thing that keep them back mm -hmm. they went in parents took almost three minutes to open the door and they went like they went in they saw human excrement mm. dead heads why they letting these pets just molding, die and stick around? Yeah, molding food. All the surface covered in trash. They found 12 children. One of them has been tied up to the bed for weeks. Mm. Oh, they didn't have chance to untie them. No. Good. They managed to untie the ones that they were in the pictures, mm -hmm. but she already had the pictures. And they also found journals from all the kids. All the kids managed to write down on journals what it was done to them but they do have a limited vocabulary so what is exactly but they were like he touched me he mm. punched me like they mm. know these things uh, so on top of all of this the father stink and nasty and as a rapist one of them dave and louise got arrested right there what about dave and louise dave and louise okay david good. and louise uh -huh. got arrested right there and the kids were taken to the hospital good mm -hmm. at the hospital they found the kids were severely underdeveloped some of them wouldn't even walk they didn't have the energy mm -hmm. to walk mm -hmm. heart damage yeah because they're not eating one of the preteen arm size it's equals to a four months old mm. size oh my gosh 
the 29-year-old boy, his weight was 39 kilos. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And the 17-year-old IQ was the equal to a one grader. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers plead not guilty. How? With what? What is their defense? They said they all they did, they did it because of love. On February 2019, David and Louise changed their not guilty pleas to guilty. To one count of torture, three counts of willful child cruelty, four counts of false imprisonment, six counts of cruelty to adult dependent. Mm -hmm. Both were sentenced to life imprisonment. With the possibility of parole no. in 25 years. No, no stinking parole for them. And you know what else? They should put them in solitary confinement. Like, that should have been a condition of their arrest. Like, they don't get to go to jail and socialize and make friends. Put them in solitary. Let them stay in there by themselves. You know what else? They should chain them to the bed in solitary and just feed them through the door a little bit of scraps every single day. Let them experience the torture that they did to these children. You know what, what they, they cha- do. They, they will know what they plead guilty because if they didn't plead guilty, they'll get the death penalty. They will get the death penalty. These fuckers. And these motherfuckers managed to get life in prison. Just because that, just because that, the mm. lawyers were so smart that they could be like, oh, no, 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 shit, plead guilty because no. your next option no, no, will no. be. No, 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 it's not even about the lawyers, you know. The whole judicial system in the state is a bunch of fuckery. And in reality, if you could save the court's money, because a trial is money. That's what a trial is. A trial Fuck is Chanel, like just they don't care. You want to have these nasty Susanna, fucking people? A trial is money. They don't care if it's a murder trial, a rape trial, or whatever. A trial is money. And then when it comes down to it, it's basically like, here, what we'll do you this solid and we'll take death penalty off the table if you save us the trouble and the money of having to take you to trial. So at that point, it's like, all right, here, what I'm guilty. Okay. You've saved us so many ever tens of thousands of dollars not having to try your ass. Yeah. We're going to give you life in prison instead. Uh, we should extend that courtesy to people like this. Yeah. And I also don't think that they should have just gone to jail. Like, I don't think that that is enough. That is just not no, it's enough. Not. It's not enough. The it's not penalty, enough. It's not enough. I don't know what. The penalty in this case would be like an eye for an eye situation. What they should have done is put them, chain them to a bed. Don't send them to a jail where they can socialize with other people. Chain their fucking ass to a bed. Underfeed them. Let them experience it. Let them experience it. That's what they deserve. That's but the only thing that's We can unravel this, all these things. You see neighbors not taking an interest. Teachers. Don't get me started on not neighbors. Te- teachers not taking an interest. Family members being like, well, we knew, we knew this is weird. weird. But we didn't do anything about it. What happened to the children? Are they like... They, mean, were, they were not allowed to stay together. Why not? The older kids... Why not, though? Because they couldn't... They couldn't... Like, remember, all these kids are underdeveloped, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, the they all need to kids, be taken care of. The younger kids were sent to foster families. Mm. Some of them... Mm-hmm were abused by the foster family. Oh my gosh, what the fuck? They can't catch a break? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you seriously foster these children knowing the situation they come from and you're going to be so fucking stink that you're yeah. going to abuse them Because too? there's people that foster kids just for the sake just of Just to money. get the money. Mm-hmm. I know, but at the same time, if you're fostering them to get the money, that's fine, but you don't need to physically or sexually abuse them on yeah. top of that. Mm-hmm. Take your money. Mm-hmm. Feed them like you're supposed to and just you don't need to interact with them. Fine, you're not going to be a good parent. Okay, but at least give them a few of the things that are on that list listen, that they're looking for. A roof over their head, we safety. Listen, we can, we can all agree that Louise had a fuck up, fucked up I don't want to hear. I do not life. want. Listen, I don't want to hear about Maracant Louise's life before. This is wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's just stop. No. Why? 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 No, Susanna. Why but you're not understanding stop? my point. My point is this. If something bad happens to you, and you now I understand why you thought about naming the case hurt people, hurt people, right? Yeah. Because that's what you told me before we started. Mm-hmm. If something bad happens but I don't to want, you, I didn't wanna where do you get off? Where do you get off doing the same or worse to somebody else just that because something you, mm-hmm. happened to you? Mm-hmm. That's horrible. So you telling me if somebody comes right now and slap me in the face that I'm allowed to go and slap somebody else? Mm-hmm. That's not always work. No. That's why I don't like hurt people hurts people. I don't like it. Any, uh, you have mm. any uplifting and have anything Nothing. redeeming about this story? The uplifting part is that the older Who, kids... Anybody dead? Luis or David dead? None of them. Mm. None of them. And if you want to get more upset because this has not been upsetting enough, the narcissist David motherfucking piece of shit. That should be his whole name. Narcissist David motherfucking piece of shit. I, I'm, I'm happy because my kids my older kids are in college right now during the trial. They get to address their kids. And they shouldn't be allowed to talk to them. Listen, Chanel. Why do you allow them to talk to them? And that piece of shit, Louise. Louise, go fuck yourself. Fuck you. 3,000 times. What did you say was the one redeeming thing about this? You said you had something positive. What's the positive? The thing? older kids are in college. How do they get into college? But they're, they're behind, Chanel. They're so behind. They're going into a system that is not going to be like, oh, I know you have this. Let me just give you a line of credit. No. Yeah. It's not like life is going to be easier for them just because it's, they And they're not going to, they don't, they don't live in a world where the system is going to be there for them. I have a question. So uh, from the timeline of this story, how it went was that David and Luis were super religious. Then they filed for bankruptcy, right? Then after they filed for bankruptcy, suddenly they were living the life swinging, you know, hoes being hoes, fucking everybody, and, you know, partying it up, drinking booze and doing the drugs, whatever it is they were doing, right? They yeah. were living the life. Mm-hmm. Where they get the money to do that from? So they can't, like, they seize any working. of his... They keep on yeah, working. so they can't seize any of David and Luis's assets and give it to the children. Like, sell that property, sell that land. But take even his bank Chanel, they're 10. They're 13 kids. 13 I know it's not gonna kids. set them up forever, but it's a, something like they shouldn't have anything, is what I'm trying to say. David and Louise do not deserve anything, nothing, 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 nothing. Don't they got away with leaving. Fuck no, man, no. Yes, like I can t- I complain about my kids and I will complain until my dying day because I make them, but fuck me, they make me better. They are the reason why I pay so much attention to society because I don't want to leave too nasty shit in this world when I'm gone. Just last week, I was babysitting, and I remember coming back from my adventures in babysitting and saying to you, I don't know how people have one, and then turn around and say, you know what I need? Another Another one. one. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like DJ Khaled, (laughs) another one. (laughs) Like, I don't know how you do it, 
But then I, I innately learned something about myself that maybe I'm not cut out for multiple children. But I do know that I have the heart to love one. You know what I mean? I can tell you that today, that that's what, like, you know, I have the heart to love one. But if you know loving children is not for you, just, just don't do it. Let it pass you by. Just because it's your biological uh, ability to have a child does not mean that you should have one. It like, being a parent is a privilege and not a, a right. It is not a right. Just because you can do it, just because you and your friend mm -hmm. can put two parts together and you all can make a child, yeah. does not a parent make. It just, no. you just, you just are a biological provider of that child's life, mm -hmm. but you are not a parent. And you can be honest with yourself as to whether or not you are capable of being a parent. I think parents are heroes, super fucking heroes. And another thing is, I, I think we, we have talked about this. Do you know how many hoops people that really want the kids yeah. and they decide to go for adoption? They do IVF and then they do all these no, things Chanel, before they even you, get to they, adoption. You see all the form, like you no, have no, to but have that's before, money. Well, before they even get to adoption, yeah, they yeah, probably yeah, tried all talk, these other just, things. Let's just say all the forms for adoption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say that you go, you go and then you say, Oh, you want to adopt a child? Okay. You need to show me that you're stable. You mm -hmm. need to show me that you're mentally prepared. You mm -hmm. need to show me where the kid's yeah. going to live. You, you, have, you need to have two recommendations from blind monks living in the Alps. <laughs> you need everything. If I ever had to fill up that form for either of my kids, I would be no mother. Like yeah. I would like it's every parent, yeah. if every parent had to be vetted had like that. to mm -hmm. do that in order to have a kid fuck man we will have better parents yep. i'm really sorry this is not an uh, uplifting in your case is not uplifting and i have to say to you neither is mine we're back in full force this week with the <laughs> depression like you know you all got a little break for the bullshit and now you're on to this nonsense like we had a break you had a little reprieve Yes. We had a super light episode, and then we had mm. another episode with Noella. Noella. Noella, the comeback <laughs> queen, as our sign yes. says, you know. And now we're into this bullshit, so. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. So my case is called the bloody routine. As I mentioned. You say it was routine. because of a murder, not because of the period, period. It have nothing to do with period. It's because of a murder. That's right. That's right. I know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> So it's November 15th, 2004, and 52-year-old Peter Porco and his wife, Joan, were in bed at their home, located at Broccoli Drive, New York. Peter, a dedicated employee, had to get ready for his workday as a court clerk. Court. Court. Uh-huh. Mm. Climbing out of bed, probably trying not to wake his wife, Joan, he set out to perform his daily routine. He used the bathroom, he washed his hands at the sink, made his way downstairs to the kitchen, you know, probably to make himself a coffee, start the day as the beginning of the day. Not one to leave a chore undone, he then decided to load the dishwasher and pack his lunch for work. He's once doing it all. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Once done, like, look at that man, loading mm. the dishwasher and thing before he go to work, huh? that man to have. <laughs> and he pack his own lunch. <laughs> Once done with his usual indoor morning task, mm -hmm. he then set out to get a newspaper. You know, he gone outside to pick up a newspaper, see what's going on in the world today. 
but he got locked out. Those things happen. And instead of shouting for help or waking poor Joan to let him back inside, he reached for the spare key, which was hidden under a nearby potted plant. Mm -hmm. And then he started to make his way back inside. Okay. Where he promptly fell over to his death. <gasps> Chanel. <laughs> he fell? He dead. Like, like tumble across. The man has fallen over and he is now dead. That's all I'm saying at this point. At this point. Just, he's fallen over and he's now dead. Okay. Okay. After showing up. Has so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> after not showing up for work that day. Peter's co-worker, Michael Hart, decided he'll pass by. You know, he's just going to make a pass by. Because it's not like pe Peter... But he was worth there. Can I tell the story now? I knew. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, Michael said he gone pass by. Because that not like Peter to just not show up. Peter was so reliable that it was immediately unusual to him that he didn't show up that day. So, not sensing anything, you know, immediately disturbing, like, off the bat from the corner. You know, like, he's looking in at, looking at the house. He doesn't see no, like, obvious broken windows, open doors, etc. Mm -hmm. Michael decided to do the training thing and Marco into the window. Because that's mm -hmm. what we would let him look inside, you know, look and see. Yeah. And that's when he <laughs> saw Peter body face down on the floor, surrounded by blood. <laughs> so, Michael immediately called the police to the scene. Of course, he ain't going inside. Michael might be black. Right? So he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go in. I'm calling. Let me call. Be like, hey, we got something going on over here. Come and deal with it. I'm not involved. i over here. <laughs> we don't know. But I can only speculate. Because <laughs> he didn't open the door and go in, try to do CPR and all them things. He called the police. Okay? <laughs> he called the police. Okay? <laughs> but I, I mean it. <laughs> right? So, police reach, and they determined that Peter was, in fact, dead. Wow, with that. Mm. And upon inspection of, of the home, they also discovered Joan, the wife, covered in blood in their bedroom. Her injuries were consistent with her husband's massive trauma to the head and upper body. These were no gunshot wounds. The large gaping slashes across their face were so deep and traumatic, they could not have been caused by a simple kitchen knife. No. These people were hacked. They were hacked with an axe. In fact, Peter was even missing a portion of his jaw due to the savage attack. As shocking as it, ha it was to come across an axe murder in real life, because, you know, people hear about axe murders, it, the more shocking fact was Joan was alive. Barely. Yeah, Gail. Joan alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway. <laughs> I saw that shockingly. Yeah, Joan living, right? She was found lying face up in the couple bed, covered in blood with a gaping head wound and struggling. Obviously, she's just trying to hold on. The killer's weapon of choice, the axe, was found in the bedroom with her on the floor. Okay. And Joan's left eye was more or less destroyed in this attack. And she had a portion of her skull missing. But she was alive and the police were determined to keep her that way. She was loaded up into the ambulance with the hope of getting her to the hospital in time. But it didn't look good. And the police weren't sure she would survive. I mean, we had to be realistic. Piece of her head missing, eye destroyed, axe, tra trauma. We're not sure. I have watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. I can tell you that they bring damage. Yeah, <laughs> right? As doctors, As you know. Doctors. TV doctors, Listen, we can tell I you. I watch all 18 seasons. Is 18? Yeah. Sure. I've watched, I've, yeah, whatever, I watched oh, all I'm of them. I'm up to yeah, date, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I'm yeah. going to say. 
Anyway, in case Joan didn't make it, Detective Christopher Bowdish needed to question her. He's like, let me get the questions in because we don't know what's going to happen to this lady. She get all hacked up, husband done dead, let me find out. Mm -hmm. So Bowdish, who actually met the couple two years prior after reporting a burglary, knew that the couple had two sons and immediately wanted to know where they were because they're like, shit, this couple got hacked, Mm -hmm. the guy dead, this one there, what happening with the sons? But they're adult sons, but he still want to know, like, are they okay? Yeah. There were no signs or no obvious signs, rather, of forced entry. According to Bowdish, the house didn't look, quote, tossed, right? House didn't look tossed up. It was revealed that someone disarmed and then smashed the alarm. Sniped the phone line or snipped the phone line mm-hmm. and then cut a hole in the screen of the house. And so they w- they weren't sure, like, is this a burglary? But it's like a burglary where they kind of knew what they were doing. What mm-hmm. was this? Mm-hmm. So regardless of the possibilities of what could have been the situation, um, they said that they, it wasn't immediately associated with a brazen or unprovoked robbery. These are no strangers. No, I'm just passing by this house. This house is skewed. Yeah, me, it's let just, just a little bit in. too calculated, uh-huh. right? So for this reason, police started asking questions to Joan about people closest to the couple. That is the missing sons, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When asked whether or not someone in the family did it, Joan, in front of Bowdish and the paramedics, Use her head to indicate yes. <gasps> to the best of her ability, I imagine. I mean, piece of her head missing and her eye destroyed. She going through it. She going through it. Bowdish then asked if the attacker was the older son, John. He was a naval officer who was stationed somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, she sh- indicated no. Okay. Right? Okay. okay. So she, this Check means that she's Check. aware. She's mm-hmm. aware. But then when they asked her if it was her younger son, Christopher, she nodded her head up and down and confirmed yes <gasps> so now with this limited and possibly time sensitive information because remember she on a clock at this you know right now because yeah. she you know she was bludgeoned she was not bludgeoned she was hacked right mm-hmm. by this limited admission her son christopher was the one responsible for the attack the police rolling with it because yeah. she's the eyewitness so with the assailant's identity secured, Joan was then whisked away to undergo surgery with the hope of saving her life. And the police went on the hunt for Christopher. Mm-hmm. Now it's important to note here that with Joan identifying Christopher as the assailant, they pulled all of their resources and all of their energy into bringing him to justice. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to bother looking for other suspects, right? Like, I mean, does it make sense to search for other suspects? I mean, but the thing is, you don't know how fucked up their brain is. We are getting into all that here. To, 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 to identify, okay. uh-huh. identify Christopher, uh-huh. right? And mm-hmm. then it, I find it lazy that the first person they said, His yes. family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't know how much she's understanding at this point. Well, well. What if it happened like boss like year? Do you know, remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> at some point they had some fuck up and they only speak Spanish. <laughs> And how about every other question is a yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Okay, so you think she got like a factory reset? Yeah, or something like that. And you're like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Okay. But you don't know. And then they're just Mm going to go like, that's so fucking lazy. Oh, yes, it's just your kid. Well, all right. Fuck. Ask around, motherfucker. You're being paid for it. Oh, my God. How is it that the fucking kid is killing their parents? The fuck is this? (laughs) 
Are you ready? No, Chanel. What the hell, man? Like, well, Susanna, you had one case where the parents were trying to kill no, the children, and now I have a case where the children are trying to kill the parents. Just man, relax. I'm going to tell them a story. Hey, anyway, Christopher went and killed David and, and, and Louise. Can you let me tell ah. my motherfucking story, Susanna? Please tell me it's not Christopher. Can I tell my story? <laughs> the, uh, Chanel. Susanna. <laughs> so they didn't have to go far for Christopher. However, Christopher, who was a University of Rochester student, said he was informed about the crime by reporters. So he didn't even know what was going on. He said, I was home, you know, my, my own business reporters were like, hey, you want to comment on this? And he's, like, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is according to Christopher. Mm-hmm. So they were commenting for an interview about the real life axe murder. Christopher then rushed to the Albany Medical Center to be close to his mother's side, where she actually survived the 12-hour surgery and was in recovery. Right? And so it's, it's alleged that he fell to the floor and burst into tears at the sight of his mother covered in tubes and struggling in the hospital. Of course. Christopher, who I assume had no idea he was a suspect at this time, according to him, told the police when they asked about his whereabouts that he was sleeping in the lounge at his dorm at the time. Okay. Okay. So it seems police needed to switch gears and they needed to look for another suspect, which is what you've been saying from the beginning. Peter did work for a courthouse, and there was a case of someone being unhappy with a ruling in a custody situation, and he had vowed revenge against Peter. Mm. But those threats were apparently empty because that suspect had an alibi, like an airtight, ironclad alibi. Mm. There was also a theory floating around about organized crime, like the mob. Okay. So apparently Peter had an uncle who was a loan shark, and his name was Frankie the Fisherman. Right? <laughs> that was his like load, like his mobster That's handle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> no, this is real. Apparently, Frankie the fisherman might have been cleaning chop, house. Chop, chop. No, I don't think it's chop. about chopping. You know, like when they say sleep with the fishes. You know, like when they kill somebody, you sleep with <gasps> the fishes. Oh, sleep yeah. with the fishes because they throw you in the water. You know. Mm-hmm. Go for the swimming. Go for yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, I think he's like, like real, like he legit. Don't come for we Frankie. <laughs> anyway, so apparently they're saying he might have been cleaning house because it's alleged that Peter was thinking about turning evidence on them. But Frankie was in jail. So it definitely couldn't have been him. But that no. doesn't stop him from... If Frankie have a far enough reach, yeah. he probably have people on the outside who could yes. deal with Peter. Yes. I said so too. Look at El Chapo. Chapo Guzman, that's right. Mm-hmm. 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 So they're circling back to their one identified suspect because to them they've now ruled out the, the organized crime angle because Frankie was in jail. Like we said, that not really ruled out. Ruled out. And then also ruling out the other person with the alibi, the one who made the threat. Yeah. They found out some disturbing information about Christopher Porco, his son. Firstly, he was the main suspect in that burglary that happened two years prior. So mm. you remember that's how Baudish know them? Yeah. It turns out um, he was the one who stole the computer items that the parents had reported stolen. And not only his parents reported computer items stolen, the veterinary clinic he worked for also reported their computer items stolen. And he sold them on eBay <laughs> so that he can make money. Right? I'm not sure for what... what? I'm, I'm getting there. So I'm not sure what repercussions he faced for stealing these mm-hmm. things, right? But he was identified as the main suspect Mm -hmm. in that case. The rest of the story about Christopher began to unravel as well. Christopher was failing his classes at the university, and he was forced to withdraw from the university the year prior. 
and his relationship with his parents were kind of strained because they were mad he stole right yeah and they were also mad that now he was going to be school. a college dropper yeah to get back into the college unknown to the parents at the time he forged a transcript from hudson valley community college so he could gain re-entry to okay. the University of Rochester. So I guess he must have been on some sort of deal with like, oh, if you could bring your grades up or if you could mm -hmm. show that you can do these introductory classes, maybe we'll let you back in or whatever. Yeah. But instead of actually doing the work, he forged some sort of transcript mm -hmm. so he could get back into the school. Additionally, Christopher was not doing well with money. He took out a loan to cover his return to the university because I think the parents had basically said, we're not going to float, we're not going to fund you at this, you know, yeah. with this. You have to fund yourself. You have to show that you want it and you want to do it. And um, he also took out a loan so he could afford a Jeep Wrangler. Of course. Why not? He needed mm -hmm. a yellow one. Of that. A yellow mm -hmm. Jeep Wrangler. Christopher's original alibi at being at the dorms also started to fall apart. I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. Because he's at the university. What the fuck is doing so at the dorms? So when the police asked the other guys at the frat mm -hmm. about whether or not he was asleep on the couch as claimed, yeah. they said, quote, it just so happened that some of the guys were up and we stayed up until 3.30 a.m. It's a square asleep. room and some couches and a TV. It's not like maybe he was there and we overlooked him. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't there. Okay. Right? So that alibi. Alibi is gone. Gone. While none of his fellow frat brothers saw him the night, an eyewitness did see him jogging the morning of the murder. So what the fuck going on? Did he do it? Mm -hmm. A pastor who visited Joan's bedside would tell the police that Christopher didn't seem to be grieving. But his opinion wouldn't be enough to put Christopher behind bars, right? Uh, I mean, pastor there, everybody's grieved different. Some people get mad. Some people get super depressed. Some people just get quiet. sad. Some people get quiet. So I don't think it's fair to just take past the account of the situation, you know? Anyway, Joan's account, because remember, Joan identified Christopher. Yeah. The frat brothers' denial, so mm -hmm. alibi going through, mm -hmm. and the pastor's assessment were all damning, but not as damning as video evidence. So didn't he break the cameras then? Or the person that broke in, broke the, the alarm, camera? Alarm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. And we're I'm not sorry, even I'm talking sorry. about cameras at the house. I'm getting to it. Okay. So okay. the police set out to check the university surveillance camera. Oh, smart. Yes. And what they would find would blow the case wide open. Christopher's bright yellow Jeep, because remember, he had to have a yellow Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> right? <laughs> Couldn't get a black one, huh? <laughs> right? All right. White. White. You couldn't get a black, black white, gray, white. silver. Yes. You couldn't get that. <laughs> you had to get a yellow. <laughs> So his bright yellow Jeep Wrangler could be seen driving around the campus parking lot around 10.30 p.m., hours before the attack. And mm -hmm. then at 10.36, he was picked up on a camera heading east, an off-campus camera. It was actually on the top of, like, uh, a medical mm -hmm. office. Mm -hmm. They had a camera, and they caught the yellow um, Jeep Wrangler heading Going. east. Going, which is the direction of, okay. of where he needed to go. Uh -huh. right? At 10.45, toll boot operators remembered charging the driver of a yellow Jeep with big tires. Right, so they didn't have like cameras. It wasn't like a video toll situation, you know, mm -hmm. like when you get onto the tolls here, the cameras pick you up, and then you get a, it. Wasn't that situation? You have to pay in cash, yeah. right? So it had no trail. It was he wasn't using credit cards. It had no cameras, none of that. Mm -hmm. But they remembered charging a man in a yellow jeep. Okay. Finally, at one fifty one a.m., the yellow jeep took another toll route within miles of the Porco residence. Okay. This night of the murder. Good, that's good. Oh, good. With this, the prosecution put together their theory of how things played out that night. 
They believe Christopher left campus around 10.30, as seen on the cameras, and took cash toll routes to make his way across to his parents' home, like With intentionally, no yeah. so that it's like cash, they have no video, none of those things. Yeah, because you tend to ignore the yellow cards with the, yeah. Mm. Upon, <laughs> upon arrival, he disarmed the alarm, and then he used the spare key to gain entry to the home, mm -hmm. where he carried out the vicious attack. Christopher then smashed the keypad of the alarm and cut the phone lines to make it seem like there was a burglary. However, what he didn't know was that the information related to the alarm was like stored in the basement. The alarm had some sort of like, you know, the planes have a black box. Uh -huh. like when they go down something, you know, they have a black box they recover and it tells yeah. you all the stuff that happened before the crash. Yeah. Basically, the alarm had, had this black box. in the basement. Okay. So the alarm black box told them it was disarmed before it died. You know, remember, he okay. smashed the alarm pad. Yeah. But he didn't know about the black box in the basement. I'm saying it's a black box. It could have been silver. But yeah, you know no, what no, I mean? No, no, no. Yeah. So he didn't know about the black box in the uh -huh. basement. So he could not have known that by smashing the keypad, he wasn't getting rid of all of the evidence. Yeah. He didn't know that. So he didn't know it was still going to pop up as it was disarmed first. And that's very telling information because mm -hmm. only somebody with the alarm code could What's disarm the mm -hmm. alarm before they got into the house. Yes. So whilst Christopher was driving back to the University of Camp University campus, his brutalized father, Peter, was up and about going through his everyday routine, severely injured. So what you need to understand is Peter was hacked, but it's like his body did not catch up with what was going on with him. So severely injured, he was basically a dead man walking. And he was only able to go about his routine because it was a habit and because of the adrenaline going through his body. Shit, Chanel. The bloody trail left through the house told the story of him moving from room to room, doing all the things he did as a part of his regular day. Wouldn't like? Wouldn't you think that he was looking for a phone that was working? No, no, because oh, his shit. brain he he had been hacked. He had been literally hacked. When when I told that story about how he fell to his death, it's because he was chopped up all over. Mm. He was just going through the motions of his day until his body finally gave in to the trauma, and then he died. Oh, so there were bloody handprints of him getting out of the bed. There's a bloody handprint on the toilet. He used the bathroom and he flushed the toilet. There's Shit, a bloody yeah. handprint on the counter. It's all his fingerprints, all his blood. Bloody handprint on the sink. He probably wasn't even registering what he was looking at in the mirror. You know? Oh my God. He just went Chanel. through his routine like normal. Goes downstairs. Because imagine if you have the same routine every day. Maybe you get up. You, you brush your teeth, you use the bathroom, you turn on the kettle, you make yourself a coffee, you go and you catch your paper by the door, you sit down and you read it. If that's something you do every day for 20 years or whatever, you getting hacked, like your brain, your signals and the waves in your brain, it's just not connecting and you're just going off of adrenaline doing what you normally do. Shit. So he was completely unaware, but basically dead at the time that he was going through these motions. Wow. Right? At 5.12 a.m., Christopher's Jeep re-entered New York State, and then at 8.30, I'm saying Christopher's Jeep, but it was just the yellow Jeep, right? Yeah. At 5.12 a.m., the yellow Jeep re-entered New York State, and then at 8.30 a.m., it was picked up on the same off-campus camera that caught it leaving. 
when asked how they could be sure that the Jeep belonged to Christopher. The police identified a mud stain. I think this is wishy-washy evidence, right? Mm. There was a mud stain that was picked up on the camera that was also seen on Christopher's vehicle, and they kind of used that mud stain like a like a fingerprint. Yeah, you know, because it was a very unique pattern but stain. But he, he was also he was also identified by the own mother when she said it was him. Well, what did you say? Didn't you say that she may not have been all there when? Yeah, exactly. But still, like, isn't she alive? Can she talk? Well, I'm getting I to I'm meal. getting to Joan. I'm getting to Joan. So oh, Christopher she, yeah. said he was just driving the Jeep to park off campus because apparently there's like a time limit to park on campus, right? That could if, be true. If you don't have like a parking spot. That could be true. So he said he was just driving the Jeep to park it off campus and then by the time he returned, his frat brothers were in bed. But that doesn't make sense because if he went and he took the car to park at 1030 and he came back, those frat brothers were up. You remember they said it's a square a two, room. Three. It's not like we could have missed mm -hmm. him. You know what I mean? And what would be the point of going to move the car off campus mm -hmm. at 3 o'clock in the morning when they were up? That yep. doesn't make any sense. And mm -hmm. where were you in the time in between? It just it didn't add up. Um, the surveillance video only showed that he left, but there was no video showing that he took the exits. Because remember, he took the pay cash toll, you yep. know, exits. Only toll workers accounts of maybe seeing a yellow Jeep. Yeah. But the nail in the coffin for Christopher was the fact that a neighbor named Marshall Goki said he saw the familiar Jeep in the Porco driveway that morning when he was going to work. He's an early bird and he saw the truck, mm -hmm. the Jeep in the in the car in the um garage. Oh, the driveway. Yeah. So straight to jail for Christopher, right? Nope. The prosecution's case was threatened. I, I my my friend a kidney, he's a lawyer, and he really enjoys how I say prosecution. <laughs> <laughs> the prosecution. Yeah, the prosecution's case was threatened. By who? Joan Porco. Joan, who was so brutalized, she was scarred and lost her left eye in the attack, said she had no recollection of the night and that she doesn't remember nodding yes when she was asked if Christopher was the culprit. The family and friends even gathered funds to bail Christopher out. Because they believe he was just a victim of police laziness. Mm -hmm. In their opinion, the police decided out the gate that Christopher was the attacker. Okay. And instead of doing actual police work, they zoned in on him without considering anyone else. Mm -hmm. The defense stressed that Joan couldn't communicate effectively okay. due to the trauma she faced. Okay. And they couldn't go along with her identification of the suspect. A doctor even, I even testified that she could have just been responding to the name Christopher, which is what you said. You yeah. know, that's how Buzz Lightyear says, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> the prosecution, however, pushed that she was able to indicate no when asked about her older son, John. Mm -hmm. So, that shows reasoning. Like, yeah. if she was just saying yes. Why well, she didn't just say yes to John, too, you know? True. And she, it was showing she had rational or distinctive thought at the time of the questioning. Yeah. The defense claimed that it was totally possible that Christopher went back to the dorm and fell asleep, although he wasn't seen. And that Peter may have been the one that shut off the alarm when he let the dogs out and forgot to put it back on. Then the murderer came, smashed the keypad, for whatever reason. Because remember, no, they have to explain why the alarm was disarmed, right? Yeah. So they're saying maybe Peter is the one who disarmed the alarm. But and mm. then the axe murderer came, smashed the keypad, not knowing the alarm was already disabled. For the defense, there was one major piece of overlooked evidence and that was a single fingerprint inches away from where the phone lines were cut. 
that was never identified. So they don't know. They don't know where that single fingerprint was. They don't know whose fingerprint it is. It's not Christopher Owen, not Peter Owen, right? That coupled with the fact that Joan previously said she saw somebody lingering around the property that ran away when Mm -hmm. the lights went on. They, the defense decided that this meant they needed to look more into the mob links or the organized crime theory. Okay. According to the prosecution, Christopher's deck of cards were falling apart. Okay. He told everyone he had a wealthy grandmother and he lived an extravagant lifestyle, but he was deeply in debt. Christopher, Mm -hmm. the one who sold the computer parts Mm -hmm. on eBay. Mm -hmm. He was also flunking out of school again. You know, the one that he cheated to get back into? Yeah. And his parents found out he was um, he was signing checks to pay loans to the tune of $31,000. So he owed a lot of money. So with the family finding out, they sent Christopher a series of angry emails as before the murder happened. Okay. Letting him know they were not only disappointed but concerned about his lies. Mm-hmm. But in their last communication with him, instead of talking about all of that negative stuff, they said, you know what? We're going to pay for your school for this term. Stay in school. They'll talk about it over Thanksgiving. Okay. So it doesn't seem like it was anger all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. And although Christopher would say it was absurd and that he would never trade money for his parents' lives, the reality is that dead, they were worth $1.1 million. Oh, shit. But alive, they were only worth something like $60,000. Right? That's all they had. And we have to admit that's the kind of money that solves problems. Mm-hmm. If you owe $31,000 and you roll into half a million because she only he has a brother yeah. and they split it, that will solve your problem, mm-hmm. right? Now, he has this web of lies, Christopher lying to everybody. And we only know he owe this $31,000, but maybe he owes more. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he get in with Frankie the Fisherman. Maybe he owe him much. And the Fisherman, oh my God. Despite everything, John supported Christopher during the trial even taking the stand in his defense, saying that Christopher was a kind, loving, compassionate person who reminded her of her husband, Peter. I mean, the woman does not remember the attack, and this is her son. And what is she going to do? She's going to turn around and say, yes, it's him? But now she's capable now to make those statements. She's capable of speaking on his character, but she can't say... She can't say what Uh happened on the night. So she's not saying he didn't do it. She didn't ever say he did. She's just saying based upon who he is, he's not the one. And the defense is saying, look again at this one single fingerprint that we can't identify. Yeah. Yeah. In closing arguments on August the 10th, 2006, the prosecution didn't refute the fact that no blood or blood evidence was found on Christopher at the time of the murder. Okay. Right? Like, you hack somebody to death, you think there will be blood somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They didn't refute that, but they did stress the jurors that none of it, the timeline, the yellow Jeep driving Mm -hmm. off, Mm -hmm. none of it was adding up. None of it made sense. Six hours later on that same day, the jury came back with a a verdict. Guilty. Christopher. Yeah, Christopher guilty. Okay. On December 12, 2006, Christopher was sentenced to 42 years to life. Yeah. Some sites said 50 years to life. Okay. With eligibility p- for parole in 2052, 
despite the presiding judge saying that he felt strongly that Christopher would probably reoffend if he didn't give if he gave him a lighter sentence. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that like the timeline of it didn't add up, but there are also theories that maybe Christopher hired somebody else. Okay. And the person drove his. Jeep. car yeah mm-hmm. like this is a theory i have and i think it's a theory that's out there mm-hmm. because there's no blood on him right and maybe he hired somebody and, and said that one fingerprint the one fingerprint okay and remember they need the person needs the code to get in yeah maybe christopher did go along but maybe he didn't do the heavy lifting just okay you understand Shit. or maybe he gave them the code for them to get in say hey take my jeep yeah but if you're going to send somebody, wouldn't you're gonna you stay visible so that you have an alibi? You understand yes. what I'm trying to say? Christopher if, Right. If I'm going to send somebody on this murder, I'm going to stay. I'm going to be in the fet. I, inf- I whining in front of the <laughs> stage. Like, you know what I mean? No, I, this is my look point. At, look at me. Yeah, look I look at on me. TV. Look <laughs> like, at me, look at me, look at me. You know, this is the, the time, this is the time the people doing interviews on campus about things. I did. Yes. I read it. You like, yeah. want to speak to me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, so it just doesn't, it doesn't, that part don't make sense, you know? Because yeah. I was going to be right up in front of everything. There, mm-hmm. there would be no doubt that I was there. Okay. So nobody really pushing that theory because that's what everybody's thinking. Like, if he sent somebody, why didn't he go through the trouble of being visible to the people? Because he dubbed. Well, in 2011, Christopher lost a lawsuit against Lifetime, you know, Lifetime Movie Network, for a movie made about his life. He believed that the, the 2013 Lifetime movie rep- misrepresented his life oh. and that it violated his civil rights because Lifetime made money off of it. But Lifetime said they never violated his rights because it was only based on a true story. Like, it wasn't like the, yeah, you the could, Christopher uh-huh. so-and-so story. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, they just likened it to his story. I mean, by that logic, he could sue all the people who do the podcast about him. Right? Yeah, don't. Uh, we have no money. We, tell we you have no money. Pe- I mean, Christopher. So what do you think? Do you think he did it? Because at the beginning, you were like, oh, the police so lazy. That's what the defense saying. The police lazy as fuck. What do you think now? With this extra bit of evidence. Uh, and I keep the fingerprint in mind. Do you still think he did it? Or do you think at all that he did it? If he's out there. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he owns money. He owes, he, yeah. He owes money. He, he's pretending to have this wealthy life that mm-hmm. he doesn't, he does not have. Mm-hmm. Now the parents are like, Fuck you! I'm not gonna keep on paying for you to not go to school and don't do your the things that mm-hmm. you were asked mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, they basically told him we'll talk about this at Thanksgiving. It is not um, surprising that he will go and you know catch out on the life on the life insurance. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. the uncle, the fisherman, uh-huh. he will have all the connections to get. Mm, you know. Yeah. Like. But then where was where was Christopher the night? Remember he said Yeah, but there are some people that act fishy when no, they're not even he said he was at the dorm on the couch oh. sleeping. But he wasn't there. But he's a uh, how do you call the people that lies just for the sake of it? Pathological liar. There's another one. A liar. 
<laughs> I don't know, Susanna. It's two o'clock in the morning. I have no new words for you. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. If but once again, Susanna, if you're gonna lie, lie good. But he's don't stupid. lie and he's push yourself stupid. into a corner. Listen, lie and say <laughs> something reasonable. But you know, listen to me, like. We have done 17k 17 episodes mm-hmm. here. Not before us doing the mm-hmm. podcast I ever thought, oh, I need to make sure that who's around me. Like now I'm more hyper aware. And not about not because mm-hmm. they're around people uh, like I'm more aware of who's around me so I need to identify, I need to know who the fuck is around me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not like oh danger is near me. No, I just need to know bitch Remember you saw me? <laughs> right, so now you're trying to build an alibi. Yes. <laughs> or I'm like, a, by 2 o'clock, I was at Eglinton Square. Do you know right. what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, you would think, though, the defense situation is he didn't do it. He was not there. He drove the, the Jeep, and he went and he parked it. And when he came back, his frat brothers were in but their I bed. But I think another, one, another thing that pushed them was the fact that mother changed her mind yeah because the mother did but you know one of the jurors did say like they asked them asked the person after the fact and they said that the mother's testimony or the mother saying that he did it did not was not the deciding factor Mm. in them finding him guilty so she doesn't need it to was hold just any guilt. All the things that it was all the other stuff, yeah. and it yeah, it's all circumstantial. But yeah. you know, uh, they said it wasn't the mother because they did take into consideration that she may not have been all there yeah. at the time that she identified him. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure she carries some guilt for having identified him. But they said no, even if she didn't, the other evidence was just too damning. Just seeing the car going heading east it's a distinct car like we said christopher you cannot get a black jeep eh? yeah you know a yellow jeep heading east <laughs> the fact that nobody saw him where he said he was yeah. the fact that he lying about his situation the fact that he owe all this money maybe he knows that the or maybe the uncle knew something about him and sent him to do it you know what i mean yeah, like you mean like Frankie hire him out like a hitman? Yeah. Mm, no, but we can't really call Frankie name and nothing. Frankie was in jail. Yeah, we both know that that don't mean nothing, but I'm just saying it, to them, Frankie was in jail. Frankie he didn't have like his actual hands dirty is what we're saying. But, uh? Oh, well, uh. He had the Frankie op- be like, listen, I, I know some people that can give you the money. Just go ahead and do this. I don't know. I mean, he could roll on Frankie, but I think that, that jeopardized in his life at that point. Yeah. You know, to be honest, the fingerprint is what gave me the most pause in this case. That one fingerprint. But I find that sometimes when people want to just, you know, because it could be, it could have been like, I don't know, somebody was cleaning, a cleaner or the people that doing the lawn or mm-hmm. you know, or somebody that was doing service yeah. to the thing. Yeah, you're just right. Touching the, yeah. touching because the it's not a bloody fingerprint. That that's that would have been it was like you cannot no. identify the finger. A bloody there fingerprint would have been ago. a bloody fingerprint would have been more uh-huh. telling because that means your hands were all in there. You know. Uh huh. But I think it's just a regular fingerprint. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that they had a good point when they said, you know, we didn't find no blood or anything on him or on his Jeep because blood evidence is not as easy to get rid of as you would think, especially if you're going to go straight what to your vehicle. What if he was wearing something? Like, you know? Yeah, what if he wore something and covered his whole body? What if he took a shower? 
afterwards after he hacked them you know i whoever did this and if it's christopher and i believe it is christopher yeah. that's 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 what i believe um that's just my two cents you know don't come to sue me this opinion right mm -hmm. <laughs> um uh they were not expecting the parents to have survived you know but what is who worse the is fuck that we would expect the parents yeah but what is worse is the they father left them walking dead. around no but if the fact that they left he left them breathing that's the part i find is like finish them off like i not i not endorsing murder but like do the extra and just like check be a little bit more respectful in that regard but then i mean if you're killing your parents be, you don't respect respe them now it's gonna say what is happening with families today what the hell man? yeah this is the dysfunctional yes. family episode <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name the dysfunctional family episode what the fuck uh, um oh, i think no. that i think that there i did read something that the brother john mm -hmm. did say that he and the brother and the mother and the father were the only ones who had that code the code to get into oh, the house shit. And the parents, one dead, one obviously was not getting up to put on no alarm. Yeah. And um, the, he was all the way at the naval base, but it, he's the only other one. I remember reading that. Yeah. But it was, uh, that's why I named it the bloody routine, because he was up passing blood from spot to spot to oh, spot. Shit. You could, there are pictures. You can see the axe. You can see his feet sticking out where he fell over. Mm -hmm. You see the blood on the toilet, the blood on the sink. The blood on the dishwasher, because oh every his lunch kit that he packed. Oh my blood goodness, Chanel, that's so creepy. And he just went about his everyday I find, situation. I find that human body is amazing as it is. Like mm. you, you grown from this big to yeah, this yeah. awesome size. Yes, <laughs> but the brain, brain is something else. Whenever I do planks. I remind myself of something I heard, which is that your body will give up before your brain. So your body's tired. Yes, tired. But guess what? If you if your brain told your body, keep keep at it, it, you would keep doing it. Right? And so it is a fascinating thing. It is fascinating. Mm. I find the brain fascinating. Yeah. I also find family being shit sometimes. That's what I, I mean, nobody's family is. Nobody's family is perfect, but... But this, this is... <laughs> oh, my God, man. The fuck, Chanel? What the fuck? I didn't... I didn't know you And were this is sounds coming from the spa, eh? We were relaxed. <laughs> well, we were relaxed now. We were relaxed. Yesterday. <laughs> we fuck. Had to, today's Sunday. Well, Jeez. today's Monday. Today is Monday. Uh, mm, Monday. Yeah. Monday's not the shittiest day of the weekend. It's Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Why? Tuesdays. You see, the reason I don't, I have more respect for Mondays. Monday is what it is. The first day of the week. You know, I always say this. You tell me the first day of the week is Sunday. Fuck you. For the Canadians. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but Monday is the first day of the week. It is what it is. We already know. It's a hard start. You know, you had a couple of days to decompress and I have to get back into <laughs> But Tuesday. Tuesday is a real bitch. You know why? Because <laughs> it's like. Monday, slightly more attractive cousin that you don't see being a bitch, you know? And Tuesday is just as fucking bad as Monday. Like, you're still not prepared. It's like you're still trying to get your bearings. But Tuesday is just like, now everybody else is ready, but you're still behind. Like, you're trying to catch up. <laughs> sure. I find Tuesday such a hard day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I feel like if everybody is, like, tuned in to, oh, you know, this week is happening, and I'm still like, oh, we're really doing this. We're still doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday is hard. 
this is my least favorite day of the week. Really? Yeah, because Wednesday, you feel like, okay, we're halfway there. Thursday's pre-Friday, and then Friday's Friday. At least with Monday, you know what you're getting. Tuesday's just like, eh. I was born on a Tuesday. (laughs) 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 I I just find myself being more tired on a Wednesday afternoon. It's like, come on, just let let just get to Thursday. Yeah. Let, 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 let's just get to Thursday. Tuesday is just my day. Tuesday is just not the day for me. And Tuesday like is like I realize, okay, it's the week. Come on, let's no, do this. No, really. See, yeah. this, is, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not there. So Tuesday, I'm dealing with fuckers like you. <laughs> We're like, yeah, send me the reports. <laughs> and I'm like, do it all, do it all, I'm do it still, all. This is going to be a still getting up. <laughs> like, just leave me alone. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. This is the problem. You are part of my fucking problem. Because, wow. I'm, yeah, because by Tuesday, I'm not, I'm not, go- I've not gotten there. Wednesday, I get there, right? But Tuesday, I'm like, Wednesday, I'm already these, tired. With all when these is this done? Because you went and f- you were super efficient on fucking Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be efficient at the beginning of the week. And on Tuesday, you used up all, right? <laughs> you have to ease your way in. Nah. It's like a normalized, like a bell distribution. It's like, you, you know, it's slow build. Wednesday. It's nice. All right. Take us out. Okay. We know nothing. So please go to the sources linked on our Instagram at Criminally Clueless or on our website at criminallyclueless.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or review so we can dominate those ratings. Hey, we might be clueless, but that's not a crime. See you next week.